It's good to be in this house, I tell you, amen. Listen, we, we want to share this word with you and be a blessing to you today. I realize that many of you have plans today for mama. If you don't, uh, shame on you. And let me say this, if you wait until y'all walking out of the building to say, mama, what you want to do, you've already blown it. Amen. So right now, if you don't have something, make plans in your mind so that when you present it, you, it's already sound like you've been working on it all week, all week long. Amen. Don't make promises you can't keep, but at least do something. Amen. And if you have a mother that is your biological mother that has not been much of a mother to you, but you have mothers that God has placed around you, honor them. Don't focus on what's not there, focus on what you do have. Because the Bible says that if father and mother forsake you, the Lord takes you up. And so if your mother hadn't been there, if God has mothered you through others, you honor them today, amen? Let them know that's what we were doing with Sister Glenda today. She is not a biological mother of many, but she is a, a spiritual and nurturing mother of many. And so because of that, she's been honored and you'd be honored today as well, amen? And let me just say this, if, if, if your children don't mother, if they don't do what you anticipate they would do for you for Mother's Day, just know this, we honor you, God honors you. And even when it's not realized, what you did was worth it. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Let's get into the word. I want to invite you to the, the, the Psalm, Psalm 37. We want to pick up where we left off. We, we, we tried to get this done last week, this part two of the joy of faith in Christ Jesus. And uh, the Lord led us a different direction last week, but we want to pick it up this week and run from here. Amen. The joy of faith in Christ Jesus. The premise today of our message is found in Psalm 37. Just one verse, and it reads as follows. It says, delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he'll give you the desires of your heart. So we want to talk again about the joy of faith in Christ Jesus. And as we note here, God makes a promise. I don't know if you recognize that, but that is a promise. He says, if you would delight in me, I will give you the desires of your heart. Now, one of the things that as born again believers we have as another promise from God, and that is he promised that he would supply your need. Every need you have, he'll supply. So ultimately, it's not a goal of ours to necessarily have our needs met. It is a goal of ours to see God being, then begin to bring desires of our heart to us because you need a car. So whether it has rust spots or whether it smokes, whether it rattles, you have one. That need is met, but that's not what you desire. Amen. You have a place to stay, but you know, it, it's got problems, it's got stuff, it's leaning and, and things are, are not done, the foundation needs to be redone, and, and you know you got the water spots from the last time the roof leaked. Uh, you have a need met, but that's not what you desire. So he says, if you would, but if you would delight yourself in me, I would give you the desires of your heart. Now, it's oftentimes it's difficult for us to embrace that because when we start looking at God, we don't understand enough about his love for us to say that he does desire for you to delight in him, 
but he also, as a good father, desires to bless you. And he desires for you uh, to, to walk in the abundance and the blessing of what he has. Jesus came and he, and he said, he says, I come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Now, we can associate that with abundant joy, abundant peace, abundant grace, and so forth. But I believe it goes beyond that because here's what Jesus said about peace. He says, peace I leave with you. He says, I'm just going to leave that with you. My peace, I just give that to you. I'm just giving that to you. Okay, uh, and then we understand that the joy of the Lord is our strength, that we get joy through our delight in knowing Christ. And so that, therefore, we're not talking about when he says delight, we're not talking about joy itself because he says, you, I want you to delight in me and delight means to joy in. So we say peace, peace. Uh, well, he's talking about peace here. No, because here's what the Bible says. He says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything with prayer and supplication. Make your requests be made known. He also says, cast all your cares upon me. So we're not talking about peace here when he says delight and I'll give you the desires of your heart because you should have peace because you, you recognize that you can take all your cares to him and leave them there. And that brings peace. So what is he talking about here? Because he says the desires of your heart. What do you desire? What is in your heart that you desire? Now we understand that because we live in, in a fallen flesh, in this flesh, there's some things that rise up that are fleshly, and we're not talking about your flesh desire. We're talking about your heart's desire. Because flesh desire is what you see and you, and, and you have a lust for or a desire for. That's, that's lust. And the Bible says, all, uh, John said that all that's in the world is the lust of the eye, lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. We're not talking about that. We're talking about desires of your heart. What's in your heart? Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Amen? So if we understand this delight, we look at a definition, a couple of definitions. One, you notice we know, we're using the title, the joy of knowing Christ Jesus, or the joy of faith in Christ Jesus. And we take that word joy out of this word delight, because if you look at the definition, delight is to give great pleasure or joy. So when you delight, you have joy. When you're delighting in the Lord, you have joy in him. And watch this, to take pleasure in doing, to be greatly pleased, to, to rejoice. We rejoice in the day. We were rejoicing and reminding ourselves of, of God's goodness and his grace in our lives. And to have a high degree of pleasure or satisfaction where? In your mind. If you delight in God, you're going to have peace of mind. And here's what, what Timothy said. Uh, Paul said the letter to Timothy. He said, listen, God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power of love and what? Sound mind. So, so it's not peace of mind you're looking for. You should have that. But look what the definition of joy is, to have to enjoy something, to have, a, to, to have or possess with pleasure a very glad feeling or, feeling or just gladness, great pleasure or delight. So he says, you should have great pleasure in me and I'll give you the desires of your heart. If you have joy from being in me, I'll give you the desires of your heart. If you delight yourself, in the Lord, he'll give you the desires of your heart. So we can conclude based upon these two definitions that joy and delight are equal. Thus our title, the joy of faith in Christ Jesus. For the last several months, the Lord has continued to impress upon me to, to, to speak to you and teach you and help develop you, your faith. And faith comes by and hearing by the we walk by and not by Man, y'all getting it. I praise God for it. Hey, it's happening. It's happening. It's happening in this house. Because here's the thing. When you say I must delight in the Lord to get the desires of my heart, you've got to understand God does want to do that. 
You got to start with that. that he, was, he does want to give me the desires of my heart. But he says, I want, you to, I want you to be glad that you're in me. But here's what's happening and what has happened. We've become so enamored with the world as a church that we follow their lead. We want to know what Beyonce doing and what, 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 what Lil Wayne doing and what he pouring on his phone. You know, we want to know. We want to know. We want to know what the divas of L.A. doing. We want to know what the housewives of Atlanta. See, we come, we, we be, we've become housewives of Atlanta in our own little shack. Husband say, honey, we're going to eat anything. Are we? Are we going to eat? Are we? Leave that mess on TV. That's not what God has called you to do. He says, delight yourself in me. What does God call a wife to be? What is God desire of a wife? That's what you take your cue from. What does God desire of a husband? That's what you take your cue from. Amen? So let's move on because, I, because we praise enough and, I, and with all our festivities today, my time is short, but I want to give you all of this today. I want to make it through. So you might say, well, pastor, if I'm going to delight in the Lord, how can I delight? What is that going to look like? I'm glad you asked because I came prepared to answer that question. Look at here. Ways you can delight in the Lord, here are six of them. You can delight in coming to worship. Take joy in coming rather than, oh boy, it's almost 11. <sighs> you know, mama told me I need to always go to church, so let me get on now to worship. Yeah, that's not delight. Delight in developing your faith because the Bible tells you that in, 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 in Hebrews 11 and 6 that without faith it is impossible to please God. So if you know that it's impossible to please God, then you must want to develop your faith that you might please God. Amen. And here's the other thing. Delight yourself in the word because it is through the word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So you have to develop a delight for the word because every time you get word in you, you start to develop faith. And every time you develop faith, you begin to please God even more. And then you must delight in giving. See, we're, we're great receivers, but not good givers. Oh, give it, give it, give it, but don't uh, uh, receive it, receive it, receive it, but not give it. But you must delight in giving because the Bible says God loves a cheerful. Amen. And then we must delight in serving God, the service to God, the God I want to. What can I render to you what, for all the benefits that you've provided me? What can I do for you? See, because sometimes we believe because we give tithe or we give offering that we shouldn't be volunteering or serving in the church. Let me tell you this. There's nothing in scripture that speaks to that. God's going to say, oh, well done, good and faithful giver. He says, good and faithful servant. And if you are a servant, then you do what? Amen. By definition, a servant is one who serves. Delight in serving him. And then finally, you must delight in knowing Jesus. But I'm going to reverse it and I'm going to start with delighting in knowing Jesus. Amen. Would you walk with me here in this part? Because we must first delight in knowing Jesus, which that speaks of our personal relationship with him, having personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And that is the knowing because you cannot know him until you come into relationship with him, because it is through the relationship with him that you begin to understand what it means to know him. I'm invite you over to Psalm 51. You're already in 37. Flip over to 51. 
Psalm 51. I love it that I hear pages turning. Let me tell you, don't, don't, don't abandon your word of God. Keep your word. I know you got on your Bible. I know you got on your tablet. I know you got on your phone. But, but let me say this. There, there's something blessed about still having your word. Amen? Because when the internet is down, when your phone is out of battery, you can always grab your Bible. Amen? So don't, don't abandon that. Psalm 51, look at verse number 12, and look what the psalmist says here. This is David, our King David, uh, saying this. And David says, listen, he says, restore unto me the joy of my salvation. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with your generous spirit. He says, listen, God, remind me, restore unto me that joy that I felt just when I became, and I came into the knowledge that Jesus loved me. And that he died for me. Why, from there, hopefully you're writing these notes down because I, I need to move fast. Go on over to, to Psalm 85. Because we're talking about the, the joy or delighting in knowing God. Delighting in knowing Jesus Christ as Lord and as Savior of your life. That you must delight yourself in the Lord. He'll give you the desires of your heart. And one way to delight in him is just simply to delight that you know him. Amen. Verse, uh, verse 6, Psalm 85 and 6 says, will you not revive us again that your people may rejoice in you? He says, he says, stir in me, God, that I might rejoice in you again. Stir my heart that I might remember all the blessings and the benefits that, that, that you've had for me. Remind me of your goodness and your blessing. Amen. Psalm 85 and verse 6. Now, if you would uh, uh, run over, just write this in your note. Don't, you don't have to turn here because it's a, it's a good distance away. But for the sake of time, if you would, just write this in your notes. Uh, Philippians chapter 3, verse number 8 and, and 10. Look what it says. Is, Yet indeed I also counted all, count all things lost for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ. He said, Paul says, I count everything not for, for loss just to know Christ. Just knowing Jesus, if I don't get anything else, if nothing else happens in my life, if never, nothing else happens, if he doesn't do anything else in my life, I'm just glad I know him. He said, I counted all loss just to know Christ, my Lord, for I am, have suffered the loss of all things and count them all rubbish that I may gain Christ that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering. See, this is what, what should get you excited every day, that I know Jesus and that one day I'll see him face to face, face to face, and being confirmed, conformed to his death, that I, that I can be, be more and more like him as I die to myself and become more like him. Here's another one. Write this in your note uh, and don't turn there just for the sake of time, but I'll but direct your, your attention to the screen. Here it says, Romans chapter 1 and verse 16, for I am not ashamed. Not ashamed of Jesus. Listen, you ought to be glad that people know you saved. Stop walking around and letting people put you, put you in a corner and make you ashamed for being, for being saved. Oh, why do you dress like that? You dressing like an old man. You know you're not. You know you're not. What do you want me to do? Be naked? Want me to walk around with everything hanging out? God calls me to walk, to, to dress in modesty. The Bible says that if a man looketh upon a woman and desires her, he's already committed adultery with her in his heart. You, that's what I walk with. As a woman of God, that's what I'm trying. I'm trying not to provoke anybody to lust after me. 
And let me tell you, let, don't let the devil confuse it. You don't have to be naked, skin tight, to have style and class. It ain't the dress, it's the woman in the dress. So it's, I'm not ashamed. Wherever I go, I don't have to try to look to par. I'm not trying to fit in, I'm trying to stand out because I want, want somebody to come and ask me, what is the hope that you have? I love Jesus and he saved me. So you want to provoke somebody. If you fit in, they don't even know you're a born again believer. They don't even know to come to you because you look just like the world. How are you going to witness when you look like them? You with me, brother? Thank you. That's what I'm looking for. I want my men to step up and say something. They're they, they laying back. Um, you know, brothers, you know, you know, say, say amen. You know when you come, you can't see, you can't see Jesus. Somebody in front of you got a thong on and it's showing. You ain't seeing Jesus. The whole time, you look, you're trying to see if you're going to get another... You know when they come in hot pants, coming around for the offering, you're trying to come bring your gift, you're like, almost dropped your gift on the floor, you was watching. <laughs> Sister in front of you. Oh, I'm in the word, I know I am. But watch this. He said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, but it's the power of God unto salvation. You got to understand, you, when, I, when I represent Christ, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. He says, you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. You shall be what? Witnesses. That's an example. Amen? All right, let's move on. Uh, write this one in your notice as well. This is 1 Peter chapter 8, verse number 9. Chap I'm sorry, sorry, chapter 1, verse 8 and 9. Whom having not seen you love, though now you do not see him, yet believing you rejoice, watch this, with joy inexpressible. And full of glory that you got to be that excited about Jesus. You ain't seen him yet. But just as we were singing today, the, the, the hope of one day, one thing, one, came, one thing that came to mind as I was sitting there, Mother Epson, I was sitting there. And as I sat there, I just envisioned seeing Jesus. And here's what I saw, Sister Candy. And I don't know if the, the Bible doesn't say this is going to happen, but I, I, I just saw Jesus taking everybody that know him and grabbing them by the face and just saying, I love you. And boy, tears came down my eyes. I said, my God, that's what I'm looking forward to, to seeing him face to face because John said, we will know him because we will see him as he is. We'll see him face to face. Boy, I can't wait to see that. And I, I don't know what Jesus is going to do, but if he does me like that, I don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> I might be crawling on the streets of gold. I don't know what I'm going to do. My God. The next thing that you must do is, is you must learn to delight in serving God. Uh, whenever that we offer an opportunity to volunteer or to be engaged, one of the things that happens is we start to feel almost like it's just a nuisance. Uh, oh, they want us to do something else. You know, the Pastor's saying we've got a vision for this and for a vision for that. And 
Oh boy, I don't have time for all this vision. Just too much vision going on. I ain't got time for all this. You got to understand that, you, that, that our lives are hidden in Christ, and so our life is Christ. How do you not have, have time for what your life is? See, here's the thing you must understand. Serving God is a privilege. You don't have to serve him. You get to serve him. And so although, yeah, you're tired and you're giving, you're doing what you do, but you also need to serve him. Find out where you can get plugged in in ministry and be helpful because we're called to minister to the needs of other believers and also to the world. Amen. But there's 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 word for that. So if you would turn to Psalm 100, you're already in Psalm. So turn over to 100, Psalm 100, verse number two, Psalm 100, verse number two. We were 85, so you should be, shouldn't be very far. Look at, number, look at verse number two. Look what it says here. It says, serve the Lord with what? Right. 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 Gladness. It sounds like joy to me. Sounds like delight in me. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and what? Bless his name. For the Lord, he is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endures to all generations. That's what should cause you to have joy in serving the Lord. Well, but you know the people on that ministry. I don't know. You're not serving them. You're serving God. And you realize this, you didn't quit your job because you had some crazy folks on your job, did you? Because you knew you need that check. You don't care, you're like crazy, leave crazy for later, but let's get our work done, amen? Because you want that check at the end of the week, right? So when we understand we're serving the Lord, we serve, we, we serve and we say, God, give me the grace, but watch this, give me the faith I need to believe that what I'm doing and to remind myself that what I'm doing, I'm doing it unto you, amen? Look at Psalm 40, verse number 8. Uh, don't, don't turn there. Just direct your attention up because it's the same time. Look at 40 and verse 8. He says, I delight to do what? Your will. I delight to do your will. Oh, my God. Amen. I delight to do your will. Oh, my God. And your law is within my heart. It's in my heart to do your will, God. What you desire of me, that's what I want to do. And then now we can go ahead to Psalm 116 and verse 2. Look what it says. He says, what shall I render for all his benefits towards me? Here's what Psalm, the psalmist tells us uh, over in Psalm 68. He says, listen, blessed be the Lord who daily loads us with benefits. Loads us down with benefits every day. So the psalmist here in, verse, in, in chapter six, uh, 16, 116 division of Psalm, verse 12 says, what can I render to you, Lord, for all the benefits for, towards me? And here's the thing. When you start looking back at what you have gone through and what you know you brought upon yourself and God delivered you out of, you ought to say, what can I do for you? Thank you, Jesus. Here's, here's the thing. Uh, for the sake of time, write this in your notes, but let's move on to, to, to Matthew chapter 25 and verse, verse 21. Look what it says. And then his Lord shall say, said to him, well done, what? Good and 
Okay, there's two words there. Good means you got to do it right. That's good. And faithful means you can't just do it sometimes. You know, I was in the choir, but uh, I'm going to take a sabbatical from the choir. Ain't no sabbatical from the choir. You ain't singing that often. They sing for two selections on Sunday, rehearse for one and a half hours on Thursday. That's all you doing. Well, I was going to be on the greeters, but you know, you got to be here on time. Yes. We, it's not like the time of service shifts around. It ain't, it's not like a shell game. You, don't know, you, you know every week what time we start. You know what it takes to get ready to be here. You know how long it takes you to drive here. You can set your play, set yourself in position to be on time. So you can be there and say, hi. I know we got greeters out here because y'all just talk the whole service. You should be a greeter. Get all your talking out of the door. Hey, how you doing? God bless you. Good to see you. Come on in. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, that's a nice dress. You got great, great shoes. You got, oh, that's a nice hat. Oh, that's great. Get all that out the door. So when you come here, you can sit out and listen. Greeters sitting right here in the pew, won't even go greet. Always trying to tell somebody, what well, do you usher? You usher. You usher. You like telling people what to do, where they need to sit? You usher. Uh, Ma'am, two, right over here. <laughs> ah, well, you know, whew, they just don't look organized, because you ain't in it. You can't organize two people trying to keep up with five doors. They just trying to hang on. <laughs> See, the problem ain't whether we organize, it's whether we have enough team members. Well, Sister Selena, wave your hand. Look, this is our, this is our director for, for the hospitality ministry. Most Sundays, she's standing at the door. Why? Because team didn't show up. She only got five of them. Is it four? Seven? You know, she, 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 gotta, gotta, she had to come in. She, she, she done just stocked up on black and white just in case. <laughs> she come in like, oh, I'm, I'm going to see my family. Oh, they ain't here. Okay, y'all come on in. It ought not be because you, we're all striving to hear this. Well done, good and faithful servant. Amen? So you got to delight in serving him. Let's move on. Oh, here's one that always gets us all stumped up. Ugh, he's talking about giving. But you got to delight in giving. See, we're great receivers. We want to receive all the time. We don't mind somebody blessing us. Boy, so, you know, I got to bless. Hey, man. <laughs> I grew up in a time, y'all give me some time to just share this, because uh, um, I grew up in a time where we used to bless people. And there was nothing that somebody would come. They, would, they, would, they called it lay, lay a blessing on you. And what you would do is you would take, the Lord would put it on your heart to give to somebody and bless them. And it might be a 20 or 50 or 10 or 5, whatever you had. And you would take that, you would fold it up, and you would have it in your hand. And so when you went to shake their hand, it would be in there, and you just say, God bless you. God told me to do that, and you just move on. We don't do that no more. We got our hand out. You know, if everybody's hand out, ain't nobody putting none in, you know? you like, <laughs> You're trying to wait, hope somebody shake their hand. You're looking at the hand, see if the thumb down, Brother Jerry. <laughs> if the thumb down, they, oh, yeah. <laughs> but you got to delight in giving. You got you to look for opportunities. When, when it's time to give, you say, God, thank you for giving me an opportunity to give. Let me give you some word to go with this. Uh, here's what I want you to do. Just direct your attention to, to the screen. Here's what the Lord says about giving. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7. If you're writing in your notes, please put this down. 
2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7. It's on the screen for you. So let each one give what? As he purposes in his heart. See, the thing about it is if, if you wait, when it comes to giving, if you're just thinking about it in your mind, you have a purpose in your heart, you wait until you know that after the first selection, every Sunday, it's time to worship and give it. And it like it catch you off guard every, oh, oh. It's the same format every week. First selection, now it's time to worship and give it. You're like, oh, you got a pen. You got purpose in your heart to do it. Fill your envelopes out. Take some home. Put your giving in there before you even come. You don't need to look for a pen. You got plenty of them at home. Write the check. Put it in. Bring it ready. We don't mind you taking, taking envelopes home. What we mind is you writing notes on them. Uh, uh, tell pastor my mother died. You got it written on the offering envelope. That ain't what that's for. <laughs> the Lord loves a cheerful giver. God loves it. He loves it. He said, he loves it. He said don't give out of a grudge, out of necessity. God loves cheerful giving. He wants you to say, God, thank you that you've blessed me, but I'm going to give you the word for that, okay? You delight in giving? Here's what, look, look, look what Acts chapter 20 Verse 35 says, write this in your note, Acts chapter 20, verse 35. He says, and have, have shown you in every way by laboring like this that you must support the weak. And remember the words of the Lord that said, it is more blessed to give, what? And yet we're, we feel blessed when we receive. No, I feel blessed when I can give. I just told someone yesterday, we're talking to a pastor, he was sharing with us, he just opened up to us. We were at a wedding, this pastor sitting at the table, he just opened up about, this, about his ill daughter and how they can't, they can't uh, uh, go on vacations like they want because, she, because of her illness. And the Lord just spoke to me and said to him, I said, um, I said Pastor, I want us, I, I, I'm going to believe God to sow an RV into your life. That when you guys are able to go on, that you can go on vacation, that she can just lay in the back if she's not feeling well. He said, I've been believing God for the same thing. I said, that's the witness. I said, I come into agreement with you, and we're going to believe God that, that God's going to bless you with that. And I said, I'm going to believe that I'm going to give it to you. Because I, I want one myself, but, you know, I was, I, I, I've been saying I want an RV. And then we had this, you, know, you ever seen that movie, the movie RV, Robin Williams? Okay, the one scene that messed me up was, you remember when he's trying to empty out the toilet tank? And he didn't get it on there right, and it started spraying in his face? But what got me was when, he, when it was in his mouth, he was like, I thought, oh, if I had one, I was emptying out and that happened to me, just take me to the hospital. I mean, I, I, ain't, I ain't leaving for a couple of days. I'm going to stay in there. They're going to have to rinse my mouth and they're going to do something to my lips, my tongue. So I, so I told later, I said, well, we got to pray about that. You know, I, I said I want that. I, des I, th I thought it was a desire in my heart, but let's just pray about that. Because if that ever happened to me, I'm gonna to, I said, I'm going to have to go and research on how you empty those things out properly. <laughs> yeah, that'll mess me up. I'd have, have nightmares about that. I'd be in my sleep spitting. Look at this, 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 18 and 19. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 18 and 19. Look what it says. Let them do good that they be rich in good works, watch this now, ready to give, willing to share. Now, I'm going to tell you the verse that precedes this is one I've been teaching you. Uh, this is verse 17. Says, he says, command those who are rich in this present time. 
And I taught this lesson to help you understand that the Bible is teaching here. This, this, this letter is to Timothy, who is the pastor of the church of Ephesus. So he's saying the rich believers. Wasn't to the world. He's talking about the believers. And he says, so tell them if they are rich, let them be also rich in giving. So what's, verse 19, store enough for themselves a good foundation for the time to come that they may lay hold on eternal life. He says that you might store up in heaven. Blessings for having been a blessing to giving. Amen? Amen. This last one, uh, Genesis chapter 2, you don't have to turn, it's a, it's a good ways away, but if you would, just direct your attention. I'm, I'm moving fast because of time, but if you would, write these in your notes and go back and meditate upon these and bless you. Genesis chapter 2, verse number 12, here's what the Word of God says to us. He says, and I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. So we can take from this that we are blessed to be a blessing. That God doesn't bless you to just hold on to it. He blesses you to be a blessing. Let me say this. If you got shoes, you know the last time you wore them, you kicked them off, give them away. Here's something the Lord spoke to me and said. Full hands cannot be filled up. If you're going to hold on to all this stuff that you don't even want, it's just, you just got them because that's what you could afford. You needed some red shoes. You had $20 to get them, and you got the $20 red shoe. And, and while your toes are going in, they ball up because they already remember the last time you had them on. They're like, oh. They, they, when you go in the closet and start looking up at the box, you're like. A deep swallow because you already know what's going to happen. So you want to be able to get the red shoes that you like, amen? Amen. We'll walk in and say, you know what, I like these shoes. Oh, they're $100? Okay, I'll take them. Because a $100 shoe is leather. I, I, ain't getting, I, I ain't saying no names. I ain't looking at nobody. I'm just, the $100 shoes are leather. Here's what leather does. Leather expands once you put your foot in them. It stretches. Man-made material ain't made to stretch. It's made to hold up. And you got all your, got your foot held. <laughs> Let's get back to it. You got it. You got it. I think you understand it. Amen. Let's move on. You got to delight in the word of God because, see, the word, we understand that faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So you got to be delighted about the word. You cannot look at the Bible and say, oh, man, I need to get in the word. You know, pastor keeps telling us we need to get in our Bible. I'm going to have to get in it. Ooh, I'm going to have to study he tells us to, to memorize Psalm 119 and verse 49, and I guess I better start working on that. It ain't number two line. Was it two, three, three lines? Remember thy word unto thy servant upon which you've caused me to. But you look at the word like, oh, every time I, every time I try to get in my Bible, I get a headache. That ain't God. He wouldn't tell you that you cannot get faith without hearing the word, and then also tell you you can't please him without faith, but you can't get faith because you can't get in the word. You know what that is? That's a spiritual battle. It's the enemy trying to tell you, no, 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 no. He don't want you to develop faith. He don't want you to build faith. He, watch this. He even teaching you. He, he's raising up skepticism in you. Ah, oh, pastor, he becoming one of them naming and claiming pastors. You know what? I'm, I'm, I'm a faith pastor. I ain't never told you to put your mouth on it. Claim it. Step on it. Spin around and receive it. I'm telling you, you got to believe God for it. Amen? Amen. And that's the word. 
You got to delight in yourself in the word. Let's look at this one. Uh, uh, Psalm 100. Psalm, Psalm 1. I want you to turn there. You need to turn there. You can't, you can't, you can't get past Psalm 1 today. You got to go to Psalm 1. I'm going to pull it up, but you got to go there because you need, you need to lay your eyes on it in your Bible so it gets seared into your spirit. Look what the Word of God says. He says, listen, he says, blessed is the man, blessed first and foremost as a promise, blessed, he's going to be blessed, is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. See, if you, if you say, Lord, I, I, don't, I, don't, I'm not, I don't follow the world's way, I don't listen to the counsel of the ungodly, I don't listen to what those guys on my job and those ladies on my job tell me that I should be doing, I listen to your word. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. Watch this, nor stands in the way of sinner. Stand means to take position in, in the way of sinners, those who you know are not born again, that you're going to follow them and let them lead you. He says, nor stands in the way of sinners. Watch this, nor sit in the seat of the scornful. Sit means to stay someplace. It means I'm going to take, I'm going to take residence there. He says, blessed is a man who does not walk in the counsel of the godly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sit in the seat of the scornful. But watch this. But his delight is in the word of God, in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. you got to get past that whole idea that I read my Bible this morning. Read it tonight too. If you ain't got it yet, read it again. But he says meditate. Meditation doesn't mean just to read it. Meditate means to get it in you. Because here's what I told you on Sunday. Uh, uh, we were at a faith conference recently, and the pastor said, listen, the pastor Soto said, he says, he says, most of us miss God's blessing through faith by 18 inches. He says, because it is the 18 inches from your head to your heart where faith gets lost. See, because faith is not head knowledge, it's heart knowledge. You got to get this word in your heart, not in your head. If it's in your head, see, there are people who know the subject of the Bible. And they'll argue and they'll, they want to debate all the time. But it doesn't affect them because the word has to be mixed with faith. A gentleman used to come, we used to sit, when we were on Olive, he used to sit right in the back. He would sit back there. And he, one Sunday, just to show his discontent, the way the building was made, you know, you, you could either, the, the restrooms were all behind the pulpit, so there was a side set of doors right there. He got up, walked down the center aisle. To go to the bathroom. I said, the devil is a lie. Well, he didn't know that something rose up in me. I saw a, 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 a. I had to pray that thing down. So I said, hey, what kind of disrespect is that? going to walk right down the aisle? I said, because if he really had the word in his heart, he'd know the Bible says, let all things be done decently and in order. He's out of order. But his delight is in the law, Lord, and he meditates day and night. Watch this. And he shall be like a tree. Look, watch these promises. He's going to be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth fruit in its season. The Bible says, if you delight yourself in the Lord, delight in his word, and don't walk in the counsel of ungodly, nor stand in the way of sinner, and nor sit in the seat of scornful, he says, God is going to make you like a planted tree by the rivers that you will flourish. Flourish. The largest, strongest trees are those that are planted closest to the water source. But look what he says, and his leaf shall not wither. That's sustainment. When you look at a tree and you see that the leaves are still attached and they're withering, the tree is dying. But when you see a tree, the leaves are attached and they are flourishing, that tree is fruitful. And look what the last promise is. And he says, and whatever he does will prosper. Did it say that? And what? 
And whatever he does shall. That's why I expect God blessings in my life. Because I don't walk according to the counsel of ungodly. I don't stand in the way of sinners. I don't sit and see the scornful. And I love the word of God. And last night I was up to three o'clock in the word. I delight in his word day and night. So I claim the promises of God. You want to claim them too? I need, that's why I want you to see it. Amen. Let's move on. Look at this next one. Psalm 119, verse 16. I'm going to just pull it up so you don't have to turn there because I'm, I'm out of time, really. But if you just give me a few more minutes. I know it's Mother's Day. I know you got plans, but just please hear this because I need to get this out. OK, Psalm 119, verse 16. He says, I would I will delight myself in your statutes. I will not forget your word. See, until you get it in you, if you keep forgetting it, keep, keep reciting it back. And one of the things I did this on Tuesday, on a Tuesday night, and I, and I encourage you this uh, with this. If I ask any one of you what your, what your social security number is, and I, I'm not going to ask you because you're nervous and you, know, you said I, will, I would have you recite it, which you might be nervous, somebody listening and recorded and, 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 and identity theft. And, you know, uh, but if I were to just give it to you, if I say, hey, what's your social security number? You just say it. You know why? Because you know it's never going to change. So you put that in a place in your mind that never that because you know it's never going to change. You can recall it because it doesn't change. Not like phone numbers and other things and dates and times, but that'll never change. So watch this. Because the word of God will never change. Put it in the same place where your social security number is. Look at this one. This is Psalm 147, 119 and verse 47 through 49. And I will delight myself in your commandments, which I love. My hands also will I lift up to your commandments, which I love, and I will meditate on your statutes. Remember your word unto your servant upon which you've caused me to hope. There it is again. I will delight in your word. Say, God, you've caused me to believe in this. So then, faith comes by and hearing by the word of God. Since you know faith comes by hearing, then you ought to be glad to develop your faith through the word and be delighted about the word because you're developing your faith. Look at this. See, the reason that you should delight in developing your faith because the Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please God. You cannot please God without having some faith. So I want to develop my faith that I might please God more. And the more I please him, the more faith I have. Amen? Amen. Look, at, look, at, look at this. The other reason why you, you need to be glad about developing your faith, because God says that the just shall live by faith, that we must live, that faith is a lifestyle. Having faith in God is a lifestyle. Faith applies to every part of your life. Now, the just shall live by faith. That's it. The just shall live by faith. We must live by faith. And ultimately, you've got to develop faith so that it becomes a lifestyle in your life. Amen? Amen. Here's the next one. Matthew chapter 11, verse 24. I, get, I got a lot of these because remember, I'm, I'm trying to get as much word in you that you might develop more faith. Amen. Matthew chapter 11, verse 24. Look what it says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask, when you pray, believe that you receive them. And what does it say at the end? I ain't going to say it. You just say it. One more time. One more time. Believe that you receive them when? When you're praying, you got to believe. And I just told you, you got to build your faith to believe. So you got to get excited about developing your faith and, and, and having more faith so that you can believe when you pray that you receive them. And when you have faith, when you believe and you pray, you will receive the things that you ask for. 
Look at James chapter 1 and verse number 6 and 8, 6 through 8. He said, but let that man ask in faith with no doubt. See, I've told you, I've told you this and you need to hear it again today. You don't, it's, your problem is not a lack of faith. Your problem is too much doubt. See, if you've been born again, you've got faith because it takes faith to be saved. So you have the foundation of faith. It's not that you don't have faith. It's that you've got more doubt than you got faith. Because notice what he said. He said, let him ask where? In faith. But what he said after that? No doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave. Not, not he who doesn't have faith. He who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven, tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose he will receive anything from God. See, you've been thinking God didn't answer your prayer because you, uh, well, he just didn't want to do it. It wasn't his will to do. No, no, no. You didn't have faith. Oh, but I had faith. I was believing. But you had doubt. Because he said you got to ask in faith with no doubt. So, but the only way to run doubt out is through the word. The word encourages faith because faith comes by hearing, hearing the word of God. The more I hear, the less doubt I have. And I begin to believe God when I ask him. He said he's a double-minded man and unstable in all his ways. Look at this next one. You got to delight in coming to worship. Real quick, yeah, you got you to be glad about coming. You can't just say, well, oh, I, I, I've been to church already this year at least. Ten times. I know. I, let me see. Uh, Mother's Day, uh, Christmas, Easter, on my birthday, my wife's birthday, uh, um, New Year's. I brought the year in the church. That ain't delight. Look, this, here's what delight is. Look at verse 20, uh, Psalm 26 and verse number 8. He says, listen, Lord. I love the habitation of your house. I love getting in your house and the place where your glory dwells. So you can have all the church you want at home, but it ain't nothing like coming together because the Bible says when you, when two or three gather in my name, I'll be in the midst. It's a different presence when God comes and you got this many people saying, God, come be with us. He, when he shows up, boy, the glory of the Lord dwells in a place like that. Look at Psalm 27, verse number four. He says, one thing have I desired of the Lord, and that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. See, it's, it's one thing to pray at home. It's another thing to be in the temple and pray. See, that inquire in the temple, God, would you, would you bless in this area? Would you, would you move in this, in this area of my life to inquire in this temple? Look at this next one. Well, pastor... We are the church. God does not dwell in buildings. Well, scholar, God has called his people together since the beginning. He has always had an assembly. If you go back to Genesis, the first murder happened because when they left church, Cain was upset with Abel because God said, I accept your gift, but Cain, I don't accept yours. And as he's walking away, he kept looking at him and said, man, you should have brought what I brought. And got so angry, he killed his own brother. But that happened as they came, to, they came together to offer to the Lord. That's an assembly. That's the beginning. So it couldn't have been a lot of people because it was just a few made at that time. Adam, Eve, Abel, and Cain. 
and nothing in there says that Adam, Adam and Eve wasn't behind them worshiping. It only points out Cain and Abel simply because of the murder that happened and why it happened. So for all we know, the Adam, Eve, Cain, and Abel were all there. Amen? Ah, you ain't getting it. But you are going to get it. Amen? Look at this one. I'm just being, I'm playing devil's ass. Come on. Psalm 100, verse 4. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and to his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and what? Bless his name. He says you got to enter with thanksgiving. When you walk into this place, there's right above the door, right out there in the vestibule, you'll see it says enter into these gates with thanksgiving. And then finally, here's what you got to do. You got to delight in coming to worship because here's what the psalmist says. He says, I was glad. I delighted when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Mother Moore did this a couple Sundays ago and it tremendously blessed me. Mother Moore, when will you turn? You, you'll be 80 this year? 79? 78 this year. Mother Moore will be 78 this year. So as she came in, she was coming down the aisle. She said, yes! I'm glad to be here. Oh, it's so good to be here. God, you're good. And everybody looked around that they were saying, what didn't happen to Mother Moore? They was like, but the Bible says I was glad. She said, I'm glad we got another time to come. I'm glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. And so ultimately, you must delight in coming to worship. Amen? Amen? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word and for your people. God, I thank you that they've listened attentively. I thank you that they've, they, they've received the blessing of your word. God, I believe you had already tilled their hearts and readied it to receive the word that was going to be planted in them. Now, Father, I pray that you would water that word and cause it to come forth as fruits of righteousness, love, peace, joy, and prosperity in Christ Jesus. Increase your people because you said you would give us the, des the desires of our heart if we delight in you. You also said that we would be blessed if we walk not in the council under the godly or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of the scornful, but delight in your law day and night. Father, we're looking to be trees planted by the rivers of water. We're looking to have leaves. We're looking to bring forth fruit in our season. We're looking forward to having leaves that don't wither. And Father, that whatever we do prospers because we walk not in the counsel of an ungodly. We thank you right now. We bless you, dear God. It's in the match.